today on the Inside Scoop. We've got our first recruit interview. We're going to talk Michigan's top recruit targets with EJ Holland. And this week, On3 updated their rankings, and there's a new number one. But first, we have a special interview for you guys. Actually, it's the first interview we've ever done on the Inside Scoop. We have the quarterback that has the entire country buzzing right now from Fairborn, Georgia, the number four overall ranked quarterback in the country, Air Nolan, joins the show. Thanks for joining. You're about to embark in, on a really busy month of March. You got visits to Clemson, Arkansas, Miami, Texas A&M, and Ohio State all in one month. Yeah. So my question to you is, how important are these visits when it comes to making your decision? Oh, it's very important, man. You know, you want to evaluate the coaches just as much. They're evaluating you, but not only, you know, the coaches, but the university, man. So, you know, it's, it's an evaluation process, not only for me, but for my family, man. So these visits are very important, uh, you know, and I take them very serious. What school or group of schools do you feel is recruiting you the absolute hardest right now? Uh, A&M, Miami, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, Purdue, Arkansas, you know, those schools I set out, you know, my spring days visits for, they recruited me very hard, man. When do you, like, what's a, I know you don't have a decision date set, but when do you want to make your final decision? Uh, around April, sometime around April, I want to make my decision. And, you know, uh, I definitely want to make my decision before the season. And I think by the time April comes, uh, I definitely have my mindset on the school I want to go to. Okay. How big of a part do relationships play? Like these relationships with the coaches, how big of a part does that play in this decision? Oh uh, man, they, they play, they play, they're a factor. Uh, I can't, I can't sit up here and tell you they're not a factor, but uh, these relationships play a huge role. Uh, you know, and not only it's not, it's not just about building relationships on the field, but it's also about getting to know the coaches off the field, their families, how they interact with the players there, how they interact with the people they work with and engage with, engage with on a daily basis. So, you know, building relationships is very important. Uh, you know, you, you take things like that very serious, but, you know, you also want to get to know about the school and the people around them. Yeah. How much does coaching change affect your recruitment? Like, we've seen some head coaches change, but a lot of coordinators, a lot of quarterback coaches. Right. So do you pay attention to that stuff too? Uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, play, co play close attention to that. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a big factor, uh, you know, you know, when you build relationship with the with these coaches, you know, you, you want to get to know them and know about them and know how they coach things at that university. So it plays factors and, you know, them switching schools and, you know, getting new jobs and, uh, you know, getting new opportunities. It plays a factor on the recruit because the recruit, you know, always is going to look at his coach and try to be coachable, as coachable as possible. So, you know building relationships with these coaches and these coaches, you know, moving and transitioning to different schools, man, it's, it's definitely a factor and it's definitely something I play, you know, close attention to. Yeah. Who are some of the coaches that you have a best, the best relationship with? Uh, Coach Cristobal at Miami, uh, Coach Dawson, uh, uh, Coach Crage at, you know, Texas A&M, Coach Bobby Petrino, Coach Jimbo Fisher. I have a great relationship with those guys at Alabama, me and Coach Saban, you know, we only met twice, but I have a great relationship with him. Uh, it's Coach Tommy Rees at Alabama. Um, Arkansas, Coach Ennis, Coach Pittman, Coach Jimmy Smith uh, at Purdue, Coach Harrell, Coach Waters, you know, Coach King. So, man, I, I have, you know, great relationships with a lot of coaches. And, you know, they not only like the man I am on the field, but the man I am off the field. 
I know you said relationships are important, but what's maybe the biggest factor when it comes for you choosing a school? Uh, the institution, of course, you know, what a school can do for me off the field, of course, uh, how my family feels about it, uh, the comfortability I feel at the school. Uh, you know, also, like you said, just building relationships with the coaches, getting to know them. And, you know, at the end of the day, I narrowed down to which school best fits me, not only on the field, but off the field. On this show, we talk a lot about the QB dominoes and how one QB makes a decision. It can impact the others and vice versa. So do you pay attention to what other QBs are doing and what other what QBs are on the board for certain schools? Uh, Man, you know, of course, you come across my side and I see it. But, you know, I try to focus on myself as much as possible, you know, because, you know, I love competition. I love what the game of football brings to, you know, us athletes. You know, it prepares us for life and, you know, for the real world. So I think, you know, those quarterbacks, whatever quarterbacks makes commitments and, you know, uh, as far as them build a relationship with coaches, me seeing them at camps, uh, anything of that nature, I try to focus on myself and, you know, it's me versus me at the end of the day. And, you know, I could count and bet on myself. All right, Aaron Nolan, tell me, what's the plan between now and decision time? You're going to cut this thing down to a final three, top five. Like, what do you plan to do? Uh, you know, I plan on cutting it down to a top seven, top five type of deal. But, uh, you know, recruitment, you know, it's, it's getting it's getting serious. You know, it's been getting serious since, you know, my 10th grade year. So, you know, you want to make the right decision. I want to make the right decision for myself and for my family. And I just put myself in the best situation uh, and put myself in the right hands with the right coaches. So, you know, this decision is going to be very big. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of coaches, you know, want me at the end of the day. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to make the right decision for yourself. And, you know, I think I'll make that right decision. Man. All right. Well, hey, if you want to make that big announcement right here live on the Inside Scoop, you just hit me up and let me know. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Aaron Nolan. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. See ya. Back-to-back Big Ten titles and appearances in the college football playoff, but that success didn't translate onto the recruiting trail in 2023 as the Wolverines finished 18th in the on-three industry rankings. Let's bring on EJ Holland to talk Michigan's top 2024 recruiting targets. Here's the guys I want to talk about today. Five-star edge Dylan Stewart. Four-star QB, Jaden Davis. Four-star running back, Jordan Marshall. Four-star tight end, Brady Prescorn. And four-star linebacker, Aaron Childs. EJ, let's start at the top with the number one player in America. Five-star edge, Dylan Stewart. You don't even have to explain why he's so important, but where does Michigan stand in his recruitment? Yeah, definitely. The number one overall player in the country. I mean, this dude is an absolute freak. I actually had a chance to see him last year go head-to-head in the fall against Nicholas Harbor, a fellow five-star from last cycle. And it was clear Dylan Stewart was the best player on the field. I mean, this guy's a tremendous blend of power, speed, athleticism. I mean, you can go on and on. He's the number one player in the country for a reason. As far as where Michigan stands right now, they are in that top group. Michigan has hit the DMV, his home region, extremely hard. They've done a tremendous job of producing edge rushers. Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Mike Morris will go in the draft this year. And that's certainly appealing to Dylan Stewart. He has great relationships with guys uh, on the staff as well. Dylan Ronnie, who works Uh, With the edge rushers, Mike Helston, Michigan's defensive line coach, they have gone all in on recruiting Dylan Stewart. And this isn't his first time on campus. I mean, he's been 
to Michigan before he visited last year. So this will be a return visit. And I do believe Michigan is right up there you know, with Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, South Carolina. Uh, that's probably the group that, that makes up that top list right now. What a heated recruitment. That'll be interesting to watch as it develops throughout the spring. Let's move to a four-star quarterback, Jaden Davis, out of North Carolina. A lot of people had thought that maybe Jaden Davis would have been committed to Michigan by now, but Harbaugh's flirtation with the NFL, other teams getting involved, and Jaden Davis's recruitment is still very open. Where do things stand with Michigan? Yeah, the, the whole approach is definitely interesting. You look at Michigan's quarterback recruiting the last two cycles. They've gone back-to-back with project quarterbacks. Two years ago, they took Jaden Denegal and Alex Orgy, both uh, kind of guys that could change positions uh, or, you know, be long-term projects. Last year, they went with Kendrick Bell, another guy that's a long-term project that could eventually play elsewhere on the field. So they haven't landed a high-end court recruit since J.J. McCarthy, uh, who's obviously the starter right now and might only have a year left at Michigan, depending on how well he does this season. So they absolutely need to land an elite quarterback. With that said, they've gone with an all-your-eggs-in-one-basket approach. I mean, they're really only recruiting Jaden Davis, and they did expect to get a commitment from him early on. You know, he originally had a decision timeline of December, obviously – it's February, so he didn't make a decision. <laughs> so Michigan is expected to have him back on campus for a visit in March. They're going to push to close. Uh, Harbaugh staying, obviously, like you mentioned, the NFL flirtation may have given the Davis camp some pause. They had a quarterback coaching change. You had Matt Weiss get into some hot water with some cu- computer access crimes, which was a little weird. And now they have a new quarterback coach, Kurt Campbell, who they promoted from within. So at least there's a little bit of familiarity there, even though Campbell wasn't too involved on the recruiting side. So I think meeting Campbell on this visit, getting to sit down with Harbaugh and answer some of those difficult questions, which they've already uh, had conversations about the NFL flirtations and things like that in the past, but doing it in person, I think is a little different. So uh, Michigan's going to push really hard to get this commitment here in March, if that does not happen, if Jaden Davis leaves Ann Arbor and says, you know what, I want to go to Columbus and check out Ohio State, or I want to go to Clemson, you know, I think Michigan has to expand the quarterback board. Kirk Campbell has started monitoring some other passers. He's contacted on 300 quarterback uh, Michael Van Buren. But the again, the only guy they are actively really pushing for is Jaden Davis. And that's a dangerous game. They played that game last cycle with Dante Moore, and it did not work. So it has to work this cycle. All right, we go from elite quarterback to elite running back. Four-star running back Jordan Marshall. Where do the Wolverines stand with him? Yeah, so another position where they've gone back-to-back cycles without a true every down back. Now, last cycle they did land on 300 running back Cole Cabana, but he is more of a an athlete type of back, a guy that can play in the slot, kick returner, punt returner, a guy you don't want to run between the tackles every single down. So they they haven't really landed a true every down elite back since Donovan Edwards, and who was in the same class as J.J. McCarthy. So it's been a while. You know, when you look at Michigan, this is a team that runs the football. They love to pound the ball. They have a legend coaching the position in Mike Hart, who's Michigan's all-time leading rusher. Michigan should be a destination school 
for elite backs. It's time for Mike Hart to step up on the recruiting trail. He's one of the best running back coaches in the country. He has to land an elite talent. You have one right in your home region in the Midwest in Jordan Marshall. Jordan Marshall and Taylor Tatum out of Longview, Texas, are the two top guys on the board. Today we're focusing a little more on Jordan Marshall, who is – a little more realistic just because he is closer to Michigan. He's made a couple of visits already. He was on campus in the fall. He was back in Ann Arbor last month. He's expected to be back in the spring. Michigan and Ohio State pretty much going head-to-head here. I mean, Michigan has beaten Ohio State on the field in back-to-back years. They haven't won very many recruiting battles against the Buckeyes as of late. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. And you have to do it at this position, at the running back position. There's no more running back friendly school in the country than Michigan. So getting a top 100 guy in Marshall out of Ohio would be huge, not only for uh, the position, but just beating Ohio State finally on the recruiting trail to couple that with the wins on the field. Yeah, they're beating them on the field. Why not win some of these recruiting battles? It's about time. Let's move on to four-star tight end Brady Prescorn. We know Michigan loves those versatile, big-body tight ends, and Brady is one of the best pass catchers in America this cycle. Where do things stand with him in Michigan? Yeah, definitely. I think Brady Prescorn is the top guy in the state this year. You don't have a true maybe five-star level contender like you did but with a Dante Moore, Donovan Edwards of the past, or Will Johnson. But I think Brady Prescorn is a terrific prospect, one of the top tight ends in the country. He fits what Michigan does. I mean, he's a true inline guy that puts guys in the dirt when blocking in the run game. Uh, he's a big pass catcher, a uh, guy that's a mismatch in the red zone as well. He's really, really quiet. You don't see a lot of Brady Prescorn updates at all anywhere nationally on the Michigan beat. It's tough to, to get a true read on his recruitment but being an in-state guy having the familiarity with the program being a tight end uh, especially with when Michigan you know goes out there and runs three tight end sets you know they have multiple guys on the field at that position all the time and Brady definitely doesn't mind blocking his high school team as a run heavy team I think it's a really good fit for Michigan I think he's just one of those quiet kids that doesn't let you really know what's going on. But I know that there's a lot of optimism when it comes to Brady Prescorn coming out of Ann Arbor. And he would be a terrific guy to pair with Hogan Hansen, who's an on 300 tight end out of the Pacific Northwest, who's already committed to the Wolverines. All right. And lastly, we got four-star on 300 linebacker Aaron Childs. What's the key to his recruitment to Michigan? I think just getting him more familiar with uh, linebackers coach Chris Partridge. Michigan did have a change at the linebackers coach. George Hilo is gone. Chris Partridge is in. The good news is Partridge has been at Michigan. He's long been considered one of the top recruiters in the country. He did recruit Childs a little bit during his time at Ole Miss, so there is familiarity there. Childs visited in January, and he told us first that Michigan was the leader coming out of that visit. I went back and I saw him at Good Council a couple weeks ago. And he reiterated that Michigan is the leader. It wasn't just a visit high. So I think getting him back on campus here in early March and having him meet with Chris Partridge could Chris Partridge could eventually seal the deal for the Wolverines. Uh, Child said he would like to make a decision fairly soon. So with Michigan being in the lead and getting him back on campus, the opportunity is going to be there uh, to earn a commitment. And I think Childs is one of the more underrated guys in the country, even though he's a top 250 prospect. I think this is uh, the next junior Colson, who was a star as a true freshman for Michigan. A lot of the same 
uh, skill set, a guy who's a monster in the middle, extremely physical, but can run sideline to sideline, which is what you have to do in Jesse Minter's defensive scheme. He can cover. So he checks a ton of boxes uh, for that scheme, for what Jesse Minter desires at the linebacker position. And I know Michigan has him valued kind of in that five-star level tier. I mean, he's the number one linebacker on the board, no doubt. It, it's clear cut. So they absolutely love what Childs brings to the table, and they'd love to have him on board early. And he's good friends with Dylan Stewart, so that can only help. That can only help. Now, a lot of Michigan fans were kind of left scratching their head. You know, the Michigan makes the playoffs. They beat their rivals. But for some reason, they finish 18th in recruiting. And you kind of – you did a good job of documenting along the way – that part of this reason was because Michigan's NIL infrastructure just wasn't there or wasn't effective very much in 2023. So my question to you, EJ, heading into the 24 cycle, has Michigan done anything to upgrade their NIL situation? So here's the thing with NIL. There's NIL used for recruiting purposes, and there's NIL used for team purposes. And when it comes to using NIL for team purposes, Michigan is arguably one of the best in the country. A lot of guys have deals. Valiant Management Group does a terrific job of being innovative and getting these guys to earn extra cash. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, guys like that are doing just fine with NIL. So guys on the team are getting taken care of. But their approach on the recruiting trail has stayed consistent. This is a transformational, not a transactional process. And so while that might seem very ethical and moral, Um, It doesn't exactly work with the five-star level guys or the top 100 guys. Michigan landed zero top 100 prospects last cycle off back-to-back college football playoff appearances, which is extremely surprising. And Mm -hmm. obviously, NIL had a lot to do with that. Um, And, you know, prospects can say all day long that NIL isn't a factor, but it is. College football recruiting has completely changed. So here's the deal with what Michigan has been trying to do. Uh, They've been trying to get a base salary model in place, and you've seen that at programs uh, at a little bit of a lower level. SMU, Texas Tech, schools like that have a base salary model in place. Michigan wants to do that on a grander scale. So if you pay players uh, on the team a base salary, you know, let's say it's 50000 for an offensive lineman. You stay four years, you're an offensive lineman at Michigan, you earn $200,000. That's a hard number that you can sell on the recruiting trail. Right now, they don't have any hard numbers. You're just basically telling them, hey, come play at Michigan and maybe you'll get some deals. You know, you will if you're really good, but there's nothing guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can point to Blake Corum, you can point to J.J. McCarthy, but what about the depth pieces? Are they getting any cash? You know, probably not that much. So I think having a hard number, having a guarantee of, you know, $200,000, that's obviously an arbitrary number. But just saying like, hey, if you come to Michigan, you're an offensive lineman, you can get $50,000 a year. That's a good selling point on top of what Michigan offers, which is the ability to compete at the highest level of football, the winningest program of all time, back-to-back college football playoff appearances, and one of the best uh, degrees in the country. Michigan has everything to sell right now and nothing to really sell on the NIL front. So, you know, if they can get that going, they'll have the total package on the recruiting trail. All right, Michigan fans, before I ask EJ Holland, who's the most important recruit this cycle, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button at On3 YouTube page. We got a ton of recruiting content, a whole lot of college football content from J.D. Piquel of the Hard Count. 
go ahead right now, hit the subscribe button for me. Thank you. All right, EJ. Now, the question that all Michigan fans want to know, who do you think is the most important recruit for the Wolverines in the 2024 cycle? Normally, I would say Aaron Childs because of the Michigan defense being that guy in the middle to come in and, and replace Junior Colson and Michigan prides itself on playing a physical brand of football. But you have to go with Jaden Davis being the only quarterback on the board. I mean, you have to. There's there's no argument. You can argue all day long in terms of his talent level. Is he a five-star guy? He did drop in the on-three rankings to number 105 nationally. You can argue if he's a five-star level guy or a top 150 level guy. It doesn't matter because Michigan needs a true signal caller. They need an actual quarterback. They, you've gone back-to-back -back cycles with guys that could play linebacker or wide receiver, guys that might not stick at the position. You need an actual quarterback right. uh, in the room to come in and not only be the guy after J.J. McCarthy, because if you look at Michigan's quarterback room right now, you know, it's it's not all that impressive either. So you might come in and be a true freshman starter. You you need to land Jaden Davis to also lead the class too, to jumpstart what has been a disappointment on the recruiting trail over the past year. Jaden Davis can be the guy that gets other top-level recruits on board as well. Michigan hasn't had a quarterback leading the class since J.J. McCarthy. They haven't landed a top guy since J.J. McCarthy. Hmm. It's Jaden Davis time. It's put-up-or-shut-up time in March. They have to land him. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's a quarterback-driven league, so that makes a lot of sense. Jaden Davis, the most important recruit for Michigan in 24. All right, EJ, thanks for coming and setting the table for us on Wolverine recruiting. We appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for having me. See ya. On three release, it's updated on 300 for the 2024 cycle on Monday with a new number one prospect leading the way. Who is it? It's Edge Dylan Stewart. The Washington, D.C. Friendship Collegiate Academy standout moves up into the top spot that was previously held by quarterback Dylan Rayola. Let's bring on director of scouting and rankings here at On3, Charles Power, to discuss why is Dylan Stewart On3's new number one prospect. Yeah, Josh, this is when we, we deliberated a, a good bit in, in formulating these rankings. We landed on Dylan Stewart primarily due to his projectable tools as a pass rusher. It's a premium position. Dylan Stewart is a guy who checks a lot of boxes. He's 6'5", 230, runs in the four sixes, had a productive junior season with 16 sacks. It, we're, we're higher on him than the rest of the industry. It'll be interesting to see if that changes over the next weeks and, and months, but just in watching his junior junior season, it, it's not a stretch to see why these top programs are, are, are after him and why he's at the top of the board for so many top programs. Yeah, he's a monster. So, Charles, my question is, what goes into choosing the number one overall recruit? Yeah, it's, it, it is one of the toughest things we have to do. And, and w when you think about when we come out with these first rankings, you're talking about you're projecting a long ways out, right? So it's, it's a lot that goes into it. We're watching games. Uh, we, we see these guys over the course of, of, of three years. We're looking at stats, measurables. We're trying to project. We're ultimately trying to pr project the number one pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. So positional value matters. Um, it's, it's something that, that we're, we're constantly evaluating. 
Um, and, and it's, it's, it's always a challenge and every, every cycle is different too. Like there's a lot of it depends on the strengths of different positions, the quarterback group. So it, it, it's fun, but it's certainly a challenge. Yeah. It's a thankless job at that too. Uh, prior to the ranking update on three only had two five-star recruits, QB Dylan Rayola and cornerback Ellis Robinson on three now has 10 five-star recruits. We added eight new ones. Here they are for you. Edge Dylan Stewart. Defensive lineman Williams Winery, wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, edge Colin Simmons, defensive lineman Justin Scott, wide receiver Micah Hudson, offensive tackle Jonathan Daniels, and safety KJ Bolden. Those are the new five stars. Now, Charles, I wanted to ask you about a couple of them, starting with defensive lineman Williams Winery, six foot six, 250 pound defensive lineman out of Missouri. Why did he get a fifth star? Yeah, Williams Winery is the guy out of all these new five stars that you want coming off the bus first. He is physically imposing. He's a top athlete, just in incredible physical tools he, he brings to the table. And we, and we knew that going into his junior year, but we saw him take a step as a junior, particularly as a pass rusher. When you think about defensive line position and the prototype that the NFL goes after, you're talking about tall, long, angular plus athletes at, on the interior as, as pass rushers think about like like a Chris Jones mm -hmm. uh, a Cam Hayward Leonard Williams those types Williams Winery fits that mold so, so that's why we like him a lot he had 12 sacks as, as a junior made strides and, and just has uh, the upside to continue getting better another name I saw on here was not surprised to see I should say is wide receiver Jeremiah Smith he's six mm -hmm. foot three 190 pounds out of Hollywood Florida and I know you've been high on him for a while what makes Jeremiah Smith a five-star? Yeah, Jeremiah Smith may be the best prospect relative to his position in the 2024 cycle. Uh, you're, you're probably has a case as the best outside receiver prospect in several cycles. And if you look at receivers from South Florida, Josh, I know you're familiar with a lot of these guys. You're talking Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley. He's mm. in that tier, if not higher than those guys. If you look at the high school at, at the high school rankings, I think with Jeremiah Smith, you have to start with his combination of, of size and skill level. He's over six foot three, 100. 90 pounds but is an elite route runner has plus ball skills he's constantly making acrobatic catches so this is a guy who has a pretty unique skill set uh, as a big highly refined and technical receiver and it's it's really honestly a little hard to make a comparison for him coming out of high school just because of how advanced he is at his size the last five-star prospect i wanted to talk to you about was edge colin simmons six two and a half 225 pound pass rusher from duncanville texas everybody in the country wants him what makes him a five-star yeah, colin simmons pushed dylan stewart as the top edge in this group i think they're a little different flavors uh, with colin simmons it's a lofty comparison but just from a style and size perspective think von miller he is a speed pass rusher highly productive i think he probably had the best junior season of, of any 2024 prospect when you're talking defense had 22 sacks 30 33 tackles for loss in the highest level of uh, football in, in texas really dominated uh, on the field he's not as big as dylan stewart he's around six two and a quarter 225 but has good length so uh if you're looking for that hybrid speed outside rusher colin simmons is your guy all right, now that the rankings are out, one thing I always like to look at are the on three outliers. And this is where on three ranks a prospect higher than the rest of the industry. Got a few guys here that you've ranked higher than the rest of the industry. Offensive tackle, Jonathan Daniels, four-star athlete, Terry Bussey, four-star wide receiver, Cam Coleman, and four-star QB, Air Nolan. So let's start at the top here with Jonathan Daniels out of the panhandle. On three has him ranked 
number nine overall. The next highest is number 130 overall, and that's by Rivals. So Jonathan Daniels obviously stands out to you, but what is it about him? Yeah, Jonathan Daniels, Josh, reminds me of, of another outlier from cycles ago that I, that I was really high on, probably one of, maybe my favorite offensive tackle prospect ever, Charles Cross. Like I, I know you're familiar with as well. Similar size, athleticism, length. Jonathan Daniels is around 6'4", 285. He's got 35-inch arms, plus-plus athlete. You turn on the film, you see a, a really loose, fluid mover, a guy who plays on both sides of the ball, very encouraging physicality as a run blocker. So as we were going through the offensive tackles, Jonathan Daniels really separated himself in what, in what is a pretty deep group at the position, yeah. but, but we're, he, we're, we were pretty excited about him for sure. All right, four-star athlete Terry Bussey. He's phenomenal, and we got him ranked number 13 overall. Next highest is number 83 by 24-7 Sports. What stands out to you about this athlete? Terry Bussey, I, I think, was maybe the best high school football player in the state of Texas last fall. He, he plays on both sides of the ball at, at Timpson High as a, as a dual threat quarterback and, and defensive back. His stats are absurd. He had 4,700 yards from scrimmage and 72 touchdowns. Uh, he also picked off five, five passes as a safety. He's around 5'10 and a half, 180, is a very good sprinter. I think when you're projecting him forward, probably you're looking at cornerback, could play receiver, but this is a guy who's a pure football player, very good athlete and can just do make makes plays really wherever you put him. Yeah, really explosive. And then another explosive play right here, four-star wide receiver Cam Coleman. We rank yeah. him number 20 overall. Next highest, 164 by ESPN. So why is Cam Coleman ranked so high at on three? Yeah, Cam Coleman in what is a very deep receiver group, and I'm not, I don't throw this word around loosely, is the freak of the group. Yeah. He is 6'3 and a half, 185 pounds phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. This is a guy who is basically hitting his head on the rim when, when he dunks in basketball games. Outstanding length, extremely twitchy, but, but he's also technical. Had a chance to see him on Sunday at Under Armour's Atlanta camp, and he was stacking receivers off the line with his route running, can make plays at, at, at the catch point, just can do a ton of stuff. And he is really just scratching the surface of his potential. He's 16 years old for four more months, so he really could be a 2025 prospect. So when we were putting this together, Cam Coleman was one of the prospects we were most excited about. And it's I think you're going to continue to see him just skyrocket relative to rankings elsewhere throughout the industry and in college interest as well. All right, let's talk about four-star quarterback Aaron Nolan, who was on the show today. We have him ranked number 45 overall. He's one of the hottest quarterbacks on the market right now. And the next highest is number 117 at 24-7 Sports. Aaron Nolan, we're not the only one that like him. College is like him a lot. But what is it? What do you see on tape? to make him an outlier for on three. Yeah, it, it, it's not it's, it's not a, a stretch to see why colleges are high on Aaron Nolan. I, I think he probably had the best junior season of, of all these 2024 quarterbacks, just completely carved up defenses in the state of Georgia last fall, threw for 4,500 yards, 55 touchdowns. I think with Aaron Nolan, you were looking at a guy who was a, just a natural in the passing game. Everything moves slow for him. He's at, extremely accurate. I think he completed 73% of his passes mm. as, as well. A guy who is very comfortable reading defenses, Spreading the ball around, had a, also had a chance to see him on Sunday. I thought he was the best quarterback at that event. Just very consistent, a guy who can just do a lot of different things for you. is is just is just a natural behind center. All right, Charles Power, thanks for taking a break from watching film to join us on the Inside Scoop. Definitely. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me, and remember to check out all the videos on the On Three YouTube page.